You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. All right, Jesse, I have a question for you. All right. Did you hear about the new restaurant on the moon? No, I have not. Well, I'll tell you, it's got great food, but no atmosphere. Oh, snap. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Maddie, I bought some shoes from a drug dealer the other day. (laughs) I don't know what he laced them with, but I was tripping all day. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, man. That's a good one. Jesse, what did the first stop stoplight say to the second stoplight? I don't know. What did he say? <laughs> don't look, I'm changing. Oh, God. <laughs> this is <laughs> torture. Beautiful. Did you know the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Were you aware that Ireland's capital is also its fastest growing city? No. Yeah, I mean, every year is Dublin. Oh, good God. (laughs) Last one. How do you make holy water? I don't know. You boil the hell out of it. Yes, as you should. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And it's Sunday, so it's appropriate. And it's Sunday. (laughs) Happy Father's Day, y'all. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. Voluntary Vixens here, cracking some dad jokes as we gear up for Father's Day and thought we'd do some dad celebration. And I I had the idea of doing some dad jokes uh, just because they're, one, awesome, but also um, one of the best moments at the Tom Woods Show 1000 episode we, did, we I went to in uh, Orlando a couple years ago was they had a <laughs> dad joke off. And so it was, yeah, no, it was great. So it was Tom Woods, and it was Eric July, and they were sitting face-to-face, and they were each handed uh, a slew of dad jokes, and they had to read them each to the other and not crack a smile. And uh, so Michael Bolden of the Tenth Amendment Center, he was the judge, and of course, like as an audience, we were very participatory and uh, you know called out if anybody was laughing or not. But God, it was good, especially like Tom Woods being oh, like, I know. such a dad. <laughs> uh, it was good. It was rich, like actually good stuff. I wish I could have seen that. I know. Well, actually, there's a video of it, and you could probably see me at some oh, point because okay. I was like in the second row. There is, there, there's a video um, of the whole recorded episode. It was a good time. Dave Smith was a guest guest star, guest made a guest appearance. Dad jokes are the best. The libertarian dad jokes. Have you seen that one from Reason Magazine? No. <laughs> you need to, the libertarian dad jokes are pretty good. Oh my God. How am I missing out on that? <laughs> All right. I'll look it up, but uh, we'll also drop it in our show notes this week. All right. <sighs> Dads. <laughs> I mean, we love dads. We love dads, and most of all, we love men. I mean, that this is what this ep- episode is going to yeah. be about, is how much we appreciate men, especially our dads. Absolutely. Something we're playing around with the title of our episode today. It's going to be a little bit triggering, but I want to say, the future is fatherhood. The future is not female. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> Crazy. Wenches. Sorry. But, like, 
why on earth would you try and push these uh, like irreplaceable people in our lives and our children's lives out of the picture for your own weird need yeah, to feel important? But I also think that when you just sim- simply say that like one half of the world is the future or better than the other half, you automatically just you make it just stupid. I mean, it just unbalances everything. Well, it's definitely unbalanced, and um, it's like divisiveness for divisiveness's sake. And here we are all talking about unity and love and being one and allies, and then it's like, yeah, but literally the same breath, they'll make a crack at toxic masculinity and boo men and cheer women (laughs) and everybody, like, takes their top off and does weird things like puts a vagina hat on their head i mean they even had to kind of ruin my experience seeing florence in the machine for the first time oh god (sighs) like she's been on my bucket list for my musical bucket list for ages like since Mm -hmm. i first heard that enchanting voice of hers and you know great show great performer she's amazing but god it had to go into the toxic masculinity rant and totally, totally changed the mood. And all the men that were there with their girlfriends, it was so funny. Like, here she is. She's cheering for women and blah. It's like, yeah, duh. Okay. Like, real revolutionary thought. But she's talking about toxic masculinity and it being such a problem. And all these men are there with their girlfriends, like, getting their beers, like, while the girl's sitting on the lawn. And then the men are all going to get them beers. Like, yeah, honey, no worries. Let me take care of you. And it's like, yeah, that's what they do. And you just have to let them do that. But, um, you know, so there's there, all the girls are cheering and hooting and hollering. And Florence is praising all the guys there. And, it, and not a single guy clapped or responded. They were all just sitting there kind of like, what? Yeah, because they're probably the ones that bought the tickets. And they're probably not cheap. Yeah, right? Here, honey, let me do something nice for you. You've wanted to see Florence forever. Yeah, probably not. Well, yeah, I mean... Lawn tickets at uh, the Columbia Meriwether Post Pavilion I went to, um, which is such a good classic venue, but it's like, that's not cheap, not a cheap event. Everything in there is super expensive. It's like getting food at an airport, (sighs) but these men are doing it to please their women like they should, but I just wish girls were a little bit more appreciative of the men in their lives, whether it's the guys that they're dating or their fathers, who they probably don't appreciate and ignore and think that they're not important Mm -hmm. and it's because either they've just been taught maybe to not like them taught that their dad is evil and maybe their dad is a piece of crap you know all things happen but i don't know i think like as women our roles should be to encourage everybody to be the best that they can be including men and when i say encourage i don't mean berate them and beat them to an emotional pulp where Sorry, I'm, I'm ranting now. <laughs> Beat them to an emotional emotional pulp where they actually choose to not participate in relationships anymore. Men don't want to get married anymore. It's sad. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's just the thing is Bill Burr does a really good stand up about this, about how men don't, men don't want to get married because, especially famous men, because they know they're going to get screwed out of millions and billions of dollars. So a lot of women got really upset with Bill Burr for that joke, but... I don't. People like me don't get upset because we're not that type of woman. I mean, I do appreciate the men in my lives. I mean, I I will concede that there has been a time in history where 
men ran things and were disrespectful to women. But we don't live in those times anymore. We no. have to live in today. I actually dated a guy a few years ago before, or a few years, no, maybe a couple years before my husband, who said, it's a man's world. And it just incensed me. Mm-hmm. It made me so mad to hear him say that. But he could not have been further from the truth. Wrong. <laughs> not because of how it made me feel, yeah. but look at how the world is now. Oh, yeah. I mean, women have more rights than men. And that, and I know that's going to piss off oh, a yeah. lot of my feminist friends saying that. <laughs> but we do. And we have a lot more, maybe not even just like legal rights, but we get, we have a lot more. A lot more leniency is shown yeah. to us. I don't want to complain about that because as a woman and a female, like, I enjoy my female benefits. I enjoy my female power. Yeah. But I'm also not taking that for granted. Right. And just think about, like, when you're a kid. Like, my daughter, when she was little, she liked to play with G.I. Joe's. She liked to play (laughs) with screwdrivers and learn how to build things. And nobody was like, oh, she wants to be a man. We need to go ahead and get her some hormones. Let's pop those uh, hormone blockers yeah. in right now. But you see a little boy playing with a doll, and everybody just jumps to he wants to be a girl because that's not normal. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, my son will go and get his sister's shoes out and try them on. And I don't worry about it because he's just a kid. Yeah. No, kids are And kids But with kids. a little girl... Her trying on like a Superman outfit or whatever, nobody thinks twice. It's not a big deal for a it's, woman to want to try and do a, a boy thing. It's almost kind of weirdly over encouraged, too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like I think we we kind of talked about it, touched on it a little bit, like back in episode two, talking about real world versus clown world and the women that thought they were oppressed, and it's just like, no, you don't even know what oppression is, but it's like. Why are they trying to make girls more like men when they also, again, in the same breath, like, they'll contradict themselves and talk about masculinity being so toxic and this being an evil force and needing Mm -hmm. more women in power and needing more women in the workforce. No. Pass. That's a weird scheme. Why do you want more women in the workforce? Like, if you want to go to work as a woman, like, go ahead. There's plenty of opportunities for you and most people will open their doors widely for you. Yeah. Plenty of opportunities. But I don't like the idea of anybody, like, really encouraging more people to go into the workforce just so that they can make more money that will only be taxed and sent to the government. And I don't trust those people. But, you know, you know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then if you listen to Gavin McGinnis' show, I he talks Gavin. about how women are happier when they're at home with their kids. And I kind of agree with him on that a little bit. I don't believe... I don't believe that that's what every woman wants to do is be a stay-at-home mom but I do think that we are happier when we are with when we're with our family and if we have kids that we spend time with them that makes us happier than working you know 20-hour jobs you know just to so we can make partner check the box that I'm working or I'm important at work and I mean you know everybody knows I'm a nurse but I was I was actually reading a message board about management, nurse management, and somebody had asked on there, like, who here regrets being a nurse manager? And like all these all these women, because nurses are mostly women, mm-hmm. say how they just re- they hate it. They don't like being managers because they they're kind of stuck in between places. They have to make the nurses happy, their their employees happy, but they also have administration above them 
you know, not supporting them. And it takes so, so much time away from their families. That was a big thing is Mm -hmm. that they were, they were working constantly and they were saying the hours that they worked, they weren't being paid for because their salary. So even though they're probably working 24 hours a day because they have to be on call all the time, they aren't being compensated for it. And they were saying that a lot of times their employees make more money hourly than they do. So I was thinking, good Lord, I don't know if I ever want to be in management position after reading all this stuff. You know, I work part time. I get to see my kids. I get to see my husband, you know. Yeah. Maybe Gavin's a little right. No, I definitely think they're onto something. And it's like, I'm a workaholic. So I, I do work, you know, I work a full-time job and a half, it seems, if not two full-time jobs. Like, I am a manager. I do run a company and I'm partnered starting a new one with my bosses who are men. Oh no, toxic masculinity. They didn't let a female in. Like, they're grooming me to run the company. But like, exactly what you were kind of saying about nurse managers. Women do make good managers, but they kind of, as a, it's a, I think it must be like a female thing to do to kind of over give mm-hmm. themselves. And like, that's just what we do by nature. And that's why we, that's why we make great mothers. And like, that's our role to give everything we have to somebody else, whether it's the company, the work, the, your employees, the customer, or your actual family. And so when you're kind of uh, able to get things in check with your life, whether you do work or not, like having that be your role and kind of being able to celebrate it and stick with it. I think that's going to be the best for both yourself and your own mental health Mm -hmm. and your children and your family and your husband. Yeah. And I think the thing about the nurse managers too, for females especially, is they don't know how to, I mean, they do know how, but they don't know how to emotionally give that job to somebody else, like defer over to somebody else these tasks they feel like they have to do it themselves I think that's a big Mm -hmm. thing that women do in general is like Mm -hmm. this is under my jurisdiction if I if it needs to I have to do it myself in order for it to be done right I'm afraid that if I defer this to someone else then it'll look like I'm not doing enough or yeah that's what it is that's a big thing I'm not doing enough and that and and women are really hard on each other So Mm -hmm. that's something that the hardest I worked in an office full of women. And one of my friends who probably listens to this podcast, she was she actually was my boss. She was the she was the she got the role of director of nursing. And so she was everybody thought that I don't know. It was just weird because she was my friend. I guess they thought that I would be biased or whatever. But, you know, I thought she did a good job and I thought she was really trying to give everybody equal time. I mean, I barely saw her during that whole time because she was working all the time. So she didn't even have... Was she married? No. Mm. But she has a son and she missed his birthday because of having to work and make sure everything was running right because the company needed... We were in the transition and we really needed somebody to do something different than the one before... The director that we had before. So she was really basically trying to rebuild this thing from the ground up and keep it running because it was very, very badly run before, but nobody gave her a chance. I mean, that's the thing is like other women, we just are so, so just hard on each other. And she is, she's kind of like me. She's very direct. If there's a problem, she's going to tell you what the problem is and not to be mean, but so that you can fix it. That's the point. 
and she tried to say it. She's actually nicer than I am. So I don't know how people got so upset about it, but I think it's just women in general. We don't like to be told when we're messing up on things, men can handle it. Men are like that, that if you criticize them on something, they'll consider it and they'll try to fix the problem. Women are so emotional. They can't handle that right away. You have, yeah. I, I, well, I guess the problem, the problem comes when men can't take that kind of heat, that, that kind of constructive, hopefully it's constructive criticism. Right. It's because they weren't raised to do so. Yeah. They were raised as spoiled little brats that got away with anything. And so you want to talk toxic masculinity, you raise that man to be that way. A lot of those men are raised by women, to be quite honest. And I'm not just saying that because I'm being mean. Women solely. Yeah. That they were primarily, they, I mean, they may have had a dad here that they saw, but they lived with their mom right. primarily. And so they were never, there was no example of how to handle harsh criticism because men are harsh on each other and they joke around with each other all the time about stuff like that. So, um, but they're the kind of people that can go beat the crap out of each other and still be best <laughs> yeah, friends right afterwards. Exactly. Cause they kind of need that. They need that to, from each other. It, they keep themselves in line, but it's like women are a different beast. And, um, I mean, I've told after this whole experience, I just, I told myself I was never going to work in an office with just women anymore. I can't do it. And the thing is, too much estrogen. My boss was trying to, she was trying to hire men and it just wasn't like it wasn't working out for whatever reason or fast enough. We, like the men that were actually being hired weren't fitting into the system that existed or I think it was that there just weren't any men to hire specifically for the role that was. Yeah. I mean, there's just not a lot of male nurses in general. So well, that's true. Yeah. I know one. And, and the thing, we had a really good doctor who was our, our director, who was a man, but he, he retired. And so we, we hired another doctor and she was a female and she was a really good doctor or she is, a, she's still alive. I mean, I'm acting like she's not there anymore. She's still there working, I think, but she's a really good doctor, but we just needed some, we needed a break from <laughs> all the estrogen i'm not even i I mean totally anybody who's ever worked in an office full of women know what i'm talking about or just worked in a or just been in a room with in an environment where it's all just women it can get a little overwhelming it's nice to have a man around to kind of break apart that and men are more likely the one thing i really like about men is they're more likely to just be straight up and just say how it is if something isn't working if something needs to be fixed they're more likely to say, say that. Yep. Instead of tiptoe around it, try to be conscientious, overly conscientious of other people's feelings. God, I really wish like, because I, like I said, I'm a manager and I'm sometimes like way too nice for my own good and um, way too agreeable. And I really wish I had a little bit more man in me. I mean, thankfully I've got you know, my boss is a man and he's great. He's a great mentor. And so like, I go to him anytime I do have these issues. So here we are. It's a dad and man love episode. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. At least we're not saying the other thing that we were talking about in a chat. And um, you told me what that acronym means and we're not getting into that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I know you know what I mean. Uh, inside, inside secrets. So I think like one of the reasons that we're here talking about dads and men and you know we've spent kind of so much time talking and criticizing our fellow women is because i think we've really warped what it is that a man is supposed to do or like Mm -hmm. what we've told them that we want them to do 
And I think it's totally thrown them for a loop. And so many are so lost and so disenchanted from the whole, like, marriage and kids thing. And, you know, it breaks my heart because all they want is a little encouragement. All they want is a little pat on the back to say, like, you know, you did good and, like, you're doing good. And, gee, honey, thanks for taking the groceries out of the car for me. Like, Mm -hmm. all they need is a little assurance from you and a little bit more encouragement. It really is a lot of power that we as females hold, especially this day and age. And I think we're doing ourselves a disservice by treating men like crap. Yep, I agree. And it's like they're taking, right now they're kind of taking it, or they have been. And and then like the ones that haven't been, or I don't know, it's like a weird, we're at a really weird place in time, I think, with like the male-female dichotomy and, you know, I think... You know, part of the reason, like, the world is, uh, or at least our world uh, here in the United States, like, the political polarization, I think, is partly because we've been ragging on men for so long. Think about, like, gender voting demographics Mm -hmm. and who voted for Trump versus who voted for Hillary. I think that whole thing was, like, the fact that you wanted to vote for Hillary just because she had a, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, instead of the other, Mm -hmm. like, that's a dumb, like, so room temp IQ reason to do anything. Like, I don't know why that's a qualifier. I'm going to say something triggering and unpopular, but you know what? I don't really know if I want to see a female president. I don't, okay, so I don't want a president, period, the way things are right now. (laughs) And the way, like, if I want a president, I'd like, you know, somebody who was about as restricted as George Washington before he effed that up and the whole Whiskey Rebellion thing. Like, be a president who does nothing is basically what you should do. But women being women, we want to do everything. <sighs> yeah. And we can't and we can't do everything, whether it's the woman as an individual or the woman as president, like the governing body as a whole. We all can't do anything. So, like, that's why it's called the nanny state. Like, Mm -hmm. the nanny state taking care of way too many things. And then also, like, the scary side of, like, the more um, authoritarian is Big Brother. It's this big, scary, like, male figure. It's like... But notice how both of those have extremes that are tyrannical and scary as hell. And so... but So I don't know why everybody is so afraid of this male evil energy and not scared to death of... That female evil energy. That's for another episode. Well, but I think that you have to have, in order for there to be a balance, you have to have both of those energies. And they both have to be in cooperation with each other. That's just the only way we'll have peace, honestly. It's a little bit of a give and take. I mean, it says in the Bible that he made us male and female. We are like two pieces of a puzzle that fit, literally and metaphorically. Like, we mm-hmm. are... And symbolically, like... Just, we work together... Yeah. If we, when we work together, we can do so much. Just think about that. You can do so yeah. much that just the family itself, the man and the woman as a husband and wife, having children that we, you raised kids that are going to be out into the future and be future leaders, future doctors, future engineers, future philosophers, whatever. And they're going to, they're going to impact the world. And when the mother and father are in balance and in harmony with each other, you have a better shot at creating offspring that are going to be a blessing and be something good for the, the world. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, trying not to be too Christian about it, but 
Um, one, one thing I was thinking of when you were just talking was I was thinking about the Epic of Gilgamesh, the monster in Gilgamesh has, a, he spends a night with uh-huh. a prostitute, which I don't, I don't think that prostitution is great, mm-hmm. but the point of it was he was like this. Cr- probably opt not to yeah. do it, but it shouldn't be. But the illegal. point I'm making is that he was this like wild beast that was just very like, he probably was a toxic masculine creature that was destroying things, mm-hmm. spends a night with a woman and she calms him down. She's the balance. So that is why we have to work together. So if you act like you're like the mm-hmm. men in the world are out to get you and are your enemy and are toxic and and you don't need and them. you don't need them. You can just do it all by yourself. Um, then you create an unbalanced world that is what we see today. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this is. I mean, if you, mm-hmm. you can't look at this world that we have right now, especially our society in America, and think that it's at its peak best. Because <laughs> it's not. <laughs> oh. oh, God. If this is at its peak... I hope nobody is that crazy. I mean, no, like, in all truthfulness, we are in a, we're in a better place than we might often think we are. But it's one of those things where, like, all the division is always in hate and crying and whining mm-hmm. and selfishness is all we see on tv and in the media and on social media and it's just like take a walk with a person or yourself and think about things on a very like personal individual small scale level and Mm -hmm. i don't know get back to basics be nice to the people around you and i hate the over collectivization of just like having to hate a whole yeah gender like for being born that gender and i it's hard it's hard for me to do that though i guess i i was a daddy's girl and i was lucky to have a father so that may have a huge impact on how i Mm -hmm. think about things yes exactly Uh, i had a wonderful father i had a wonderful grandfather my mom's dad who were just they Mm both they were just the perfect example of what a good husband and a good father is supposed to be they both worked they both were highly intelligent they were patient with me and they spent they spent time with me. Um, they just showed me what I'm looking for in a husband. So I had that in mind when I was dating. And my dad would mm-hmm. explain to me the way that a teenage boy thinks about dating, which that is very important for a girl to know. Because I, having spent time a- as a therapist with teenagers, I would run into so many young girls who would literally think that everything that this boy was telling her was gospel truth and that they were going to get married that they were going to stay together forever and not thinking for a second that like that's just what he wants you to think so he can get in your pants Mm -hmm. that's how boys are i mean they're 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 very focused on one thing and it's not a bad thing that's why you need the balance to be the brakes (laughs) and to be the and think yeah (laughs) use your brain and think a little bit but you need a father to be there for you. That's what's so good about having a father is if you're a young teenage girl, mm-hmm. you have that father figure to explain to you. Well, of course he's going to say that, you know? Yeah. Well, so a little like, so something I came to the realization of semi recently, past couple of months, I'd say, is that like, you know, I grew up just surrounded by great men and great boys, like my dad, my uncles, my grandfathers, an extra grandfather, just 
all these super great men, the men that would bend over backwards and do anything for their wives, their daughters, their families, their mm-hmm. neighbors, those kind of men. So I am very blessed and maybe a bit spoiled. Them being my examples, like a lot of people, I hear a lot of girls talk about how um, nobody could ever live up to their father. And it's like, that's very true. And once you start like actually being honest with yourself and thinking about that, like you do need somebody who replicates if your dad was a good dad, like somebody who replicates that kind of behavior, that selflessness. It's what I realized is that I was so used to these men being great men that I kind of had this wrong assumption that more yeah. people, more men oh, were yeah. like that. And they weren't all like that at all. So I kind of, and I'm also the person that gives people the benefit of the doubt. I see the best in people and I love the broken mm-hmm. <laughs> just because, you know, I see what's not right about myself and, you know, I see what's not right about the other person, but I love them despite it. But anyway, but it's like, all in all, I still think I have had a more stable childhood and my present life is stable and I have a better better future ahead of me because of the environment I grew up in with my dad being right there all the time very present father, very present other male figures in my life, all the kind that would, you can call them at any time and they'll do anything you mm-hmm. need for them, for you. Well, I think that's, an, I mean, another thing too, is that there are, there are really good guys out there, but you have to, as a woman, if you're out there in the dating world, you have to get rid of the ones that aren't meeting up the, to your expectations. And I think that's a big mm-hmm. problem that we all run into. Have standards. Because <laughs> I know I did what, I mean, before I met my husband, I would, I would date these guys and I would kind of break it down like, well, he's got all of this going for him. It doesn't matter that he's, Mm -hmm. you know, an atheist or that he is kind of rude to the wait staff at the restaurant. He does have a full time job and he's really intelligent, you know, so you're willing to make these little tiny sacrifices until you realize after you've been with this person for a year God, this isn't working out. <laughs> and I wasted a whole year of my life on this person. Why? Because you ignored red flags. Been there, done that, man. Too many times. But uh, hold on. I found, like, my, uh, it's funny. I'm really close with my boss's wife, who also works with me. And she and I, she's like the queen of memes. She's, <laughs> you know, middle-aged, has three children, and is a queen. But she is a meme queen. She, she and I pass memes all the time. <laughs> me dating at 23. He already dated two of my friends, so that would be weird. Me dating at 33. I found two bodies in his basement, which is a little weird, but we have amazing chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I mean, that's another thing. It's like, I know, I know, like, women now who, you know, we're getting up in age and they're trying to make, they're just trying to make these relationships work because they just want to have kids and they want to do this and that. And this, that's another thing. And they've delayed it That so reminds long. me of another thing that Gavin talks about. He was like start having kids when you're 25. Like, you know, if you find somebody and you're mm-hmm. clicking with them, why are you waiting? Just get married and have kids. And he's right in a way because the longer you wait, yeah. it's it, What are you missing out on? Yeah. He's a bit, he's a bit hyper- hyperbolic, <laughs> but there is definitely some truth to that. And I think that um, we've all been taught that we can delay the most important things in our life for later because we want to work yeah. more. And and I, I totally appreciate the sentiment and the idea and the actual 
practice of becoming more stable, making sure you are responsible enough and can provide. But it's also like nobody's going to be perfect. You're never going to be perfect. And so as long as you can give love and shelter and basic needs to your children, make them babies ASAP. Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing I do regret, I can't really regret it too much because I didn't meet my husband until I was mid-30s. But, you know, I wish that I had had children earlier because I'm, you know, I'm 40 years old now and I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. So there's times when I literally just, I don't have the energy (laughs) to chase them around. And I feel bad about it. But, you know, I got a chance to travel the world. I got a chance to get my education and all that other stuff, too. But I wonder sometimes if, you know, maybe if I had, you know, I could have taken the kids with me on some of these trips if I had waited. But Mm -hmm. what happened happened. I can't go back and change it now. But. Nope. Timing's everything and everything happens for a reason. So, you know, like you had to. You had to go through what you did and wait until the time you did and just... You right. Know, you have those two children and your husband and... <sighs> and I think that dating too, I think a lot now when I was, you know, I was kind of getting out of the dating scene when all this stuff was kind of starting to happen. But I think more and more guys don't want to, they don't want to settle down. They want to, because women are just putting it out there for free. They want to go out and taste everything before they settle down. All the cows. Yeah. I mean, not to be vulgar, but that's the truth. Yeah. Because it's like, again, it goes back to how men are going to behave, at this day and age at least, like, has a lot to do with how we behave and how we treat them, how we, what expectations we set for them, what we tell them we'd like from them. And so, you know, it, the power is ours mm-hmm. and we hold it and it's our responsibility as women to one, raise good men. Right. And to choose good men to make more babies yeah. with. I think that's a key. Be selective. Raising good men, because I have a young boy. So, first off, you teach your sons how, you, if you don't have, if you're not married, you don't have a father figure around for them, you try to find somebody to be that example in their life. It could be a male teacher, it could be their mm-hmm. grandfather, it could be an mm-hmm. uncle. You make sure that he has that. Neighbor you're yeah, close make with. sure he has that if you really want him to be grow up and be a good man. Because men are not supposed to be women, and women are not supposed to be men. I know that's a very controversial concept, but men are not supposed to be emotional. They're not supposed to be sensitive. They're not supposed to be agreeable. They're not supposed to be all the things that we are. Because if both sides are that exact, exact same way, you're off balance. The women are supposed to be mm-hmm. that way. That's well, natural for us. Yeah, natural and, like, comes from millions of years of evolution. Like, if men are the sensitive, emotional ones, we get eaten by saber-toothed tigers. And, you know, like, then we're all gone. And how many women are attracted to a man who will cry at the notebook every single time it comes on TV? Every single time? I mean, really? Hmm. We want sensitive men, but we don't want them to be crybabies. I, oh. That's, that's for damn sure. I'm just going to say this really quickly and I hope that my I hope my ex-boyfriend never hears this but I had a ex-boyfriend who would cry all the time and uh I loved him to death he was the sweetest boy but this was in high school he cried so so easily it just was so unattractive I mean I just yeah I don't girls you cannot tell me that you're like sexually attracted to a guy who's 
whimpering on the floor crying. Okay? Sexually attracted to and want to make babies with that. (laughs) I don't think so. Bless your heart. There's somebody for everybody, you know? Have at it. But But again, I know. Then it goes to like, we we don't want men to feel anything or we want men to feel everything. And it's like, again, it's down to us and like being clear. No, you don't. You want... You want your man to be the logical one. You're the one that's supposed to be the emotional one. I do. Uh, you want your man to be like, okay, hold up. I know you're crying and this is really, but this doesn't make sense right now because of A, B, and C. That's what I want my man to do. Mm-hmm. When I am crying because I had a really crappy day, I want my husband to be like, okay, well, do you still, are you sure you still want that job? Are you sure you still want that person to be your friend? He's the logical one. I want him to do that for me. I want his advice on things because he's not going to give me an emotional reaction. He's going to give me a logical Mm -hmm. answer. That's why sometimes I go and I call my dad about things instead of my mom because my dad's an engineer. He is uber logical. (laughs) So he will tell me without emotion what needs to happen sometimes. Yeah, that is what I love men for, for real. Like, that is the sexiest thing a man can do, to be quite honest, is to be like, no, that's not going to work. And this is why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like, neither side of us, neither person, neither parent, you know, I'm not that I'm a parent or have this experience yet, but like, we're not supposed to be two people. We're supposed to be ourselves. And that's it. And then, like, trying to be the other parent, trying to be the other person spreads ourselves too thin. And it makes us, it corrupts us in a way. Like, we're not true to who we are, what we're supposed to do, what we are what we would normally excel at with the right. other partner there. And so, like, you know, single mothers have to be the disciplinarian and the, the emotional mm-hmm. heart. And it's, like, it's not fair to the child. It's not fair to you. And then there's some degree of resentment that whether you admit it to yourself or not, it might be there and it'll come out in some shape or form. And again, that's not fi- fair to you to ha- have any feelings like that when you don't want them. And um, it's not fair to the child either. But so it's like when men get screwed over in family yeah, courts, you're depriving that child of a father. Even further, even further than with the divorce. Mm-hmm. It's then it ceases to be about the child and becomes all about the mother and what she wants because she's bitter and angry because the relationship didn't work. And sometimes you just got to think beyond yourself, you know, and men are men are also emotional creatures, too. They just don't show it the way that we do. So when a relationship mm-hmm. ends, I'm sure in most cases, that of, especially in some of the men that I know of, they still have feelings for the mother, but they know that it's not going to be, you know, a healthy relationship. So they end it or they didn't want it to end, but the wife ended it, you know, it's just, but they're not going to, I think a lot of times women get so upset because they're not crying and, you know, getting as upset as we are about a relationship ending, but inside they are, you just aren't going to see it. And it's just the way it is. I know. I mean, uh, we were talking before we started recording about some of the dads we know, like that are our friends and our in our community, and we know that they've been put through the ringer just for being the male in their relationship and in their family. And it's like <sighs> women can be venomous and vindictive, oh, yeah. and um, 
for no reason and it's all it is harmful to the child. I think that if like you you and me are kind of similar because we're not very feminine feminine like you know what I mean because you obviously aren't because you're able to run businesses and that kind of thing and I don't know what my deal is I just was always uh I always had I was a daddy's girl my best friends were always dudes all the way up until high through high school so you know I just always related more to boys than I did girls so I think you and I have experienced that we probably have experienced that feminist like feminine energy coming at us sometimes because we're not acting like we're supposed to <laughs> i know right it's like I, when gossip comes we around the, we don't fit yeah. the mold especially when the gossip comes around and you're not on board with their views about Susie because she just you know she just didn't wear the right color to school today and uh, she just says things that she thinks she's better than everybody else you're like why does that even matter who cares yeah like i don't even care <laughs> i mean and it still happens especially in I mean, it's it's awful how that still happens in the workforce today. <laughs> like even as especially mm-hmm. in nursing, it's like if you're not on board with hating somebody, you can get you can find yourself like almost getting fired for things. So <laughs> it sucks. No, it's it's a scary climate for all of us to be in. I think it just takes some time and a couple deep breaths and some self-reflection to realize that uh, either side isn't as bad as you say so um i don't know on that note we should start to wrap up i will tell you i didn't tell you before we started recording but i was looking for it googling and i found it um it was something that it might have been stephen molyneux or jordan peterson or both maybe at some point talked about but um i just downloaded on audible and if you here's a life hack for people that use audible and don't have enough time to read actual books but love hearing and listening to books if you have an amazon prime account jesse if you do you have an amazon prime account yep all right so do you know the secret that um if you defer or yeah delay your deliveries Mm -hmm. and that option that says delay enough to get that dollar back in the amazon credit digital Mm -hmm. credit or whatever that is a free audiobook. Awesome. Yeah, so everybody do that. Rack up some, because I've never bought an audiobook in my life, but I've got a full library. But, so what I just downloaded, and I can't wait to listen to, I'm going to start as soon as I'm done with Jonathan Haidt's uh, The Coddling of the American Mind, is um, Do Fathers Matter? What Science is Telling Us About the Parent We've Overlooked by Paul Rayburn. Yeah. And, so and- excited. Yeah, I'll let you I mean, know how we it could is. go and on and on about this to- this topic about fathers being important. But I mean, just simply, all you have to do is just think about communities right now in our country that are primarily, you know, single mother run communities. And I'm not just talking about races. I'm talking about communities because, like, my husband was talking about growing up where he's from, where all of his friends they all either were raised by their mom by a single mom, or their dad just was always gone and how they how they acted and how they struggled with certain things as they were growing up. And I can think of like another book to think about, too, is Thomas Sowell's White Liberals and Black Rednecks. He talks about the, the single mother parenthood type scenario in amongst the black people and how that really comes from basically white trash <laughs> to be to say it nicely but how yeah a lot of these poor white communities that uh, once slavery ended the they became they were poor as well so they ended up in these 
poor white communities where the father never married the mother and had multiple children by multiple mothers. And so all these children don't know who their dad is or barely know who he is. And how that really is the reason why that culture was kind of adopted by the poor black communities as well. And then once we put in the welfare system and the civil rights came through. It all just went into hyperdrive. I mean, it used to be like 20%. Unfortunately, it used to just be 20% before the civil the civil rights movement hit. And then after that, like, I mean, 10 years later, it was like, or now it's like 70%. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it's, it's a problem that nobody seems to want to address head on. It's like everybody will acknowledge it, but nobody's nope. like, oh, we probably should do something about that. No, they want to put band-aids on the bullet wounds, but not address where the hell that gunshot came from but anyway and now I, I was gonna say one other thing you just want to the the relationship that a man and a woman are supposed to have is like you, you got to make sure that the man feels like a man i mean that's that's my relationship advice if you want to have a happy and healthy relationship with your husband your boyfriend you got to make sure that he knows that he's the man in the relationship and you're the woman in the relationship because that makes him more attractive to you and you are more attractive to him when he feels like he's in that role. And and that's still a very empowering place to be, that you get to prop up your man. Yeah. It's a source of pride. Like, that's my man right there, building that yep. car from nothing. Or that's my man right? taking care of my gonna, kids. And we're going to high five on that. <laughs> and then I love men. I know. They're just <laughs> great. Speaking of men, we want to thank other men in our lives. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Ryan. You guys are awesome behind the scenes. Super supportive. Always a... Uh, you guys really help us with every episode, but also really helped push us to get um, our podcast yep. going and as quick as it did. Um, let's see if you shout out to all the dudes on Instagram. I know. Yes. And just everybody on Instagram generally, like we're getting lots of love out there. So you can find us on Instagram at Voluntary Vixens. Um, we're on Twitter at Vixens Voluntary. Uh, if you want to send us an email about this or any other shows we have or anything you'd like us to talk about, we're at voluntaryvixens at gmail.com. Yep. And we also... I'm Ron Burgundy. We also have a um, Patreon, which is patreon.com, uh, capital vixens underscore voluntary01. That's just really to kind of help us help Cam keep up the good work that he's been doing for us. So yeah, Cam and Ryan, super dads as well. Oh, yeah. And they've got a million yeah. kids, and it's like they're just rocking things. So, yep. So, this will probably come out like right before Father's Day. So, I just want to say Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there that are listening to us. Day. Any of the chicks out there who are listening, you know, make sure you give your dad a hug or your husband a hug, your boyfriend a hug. Love on your men, guys. Mm-hmm. They're the best. They're part of us. They make this community a better place. When they are loved and they feel like they're appreciated, they will appreciate you. Yep. And that's the stuff that changes the world. <sighs> so, Jesse, as we tell our friends goodbye, let's keep it sane. Keep it peaceful. Keep it voluntary. And keep it voluntary. Keep it voluntary.